I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. You know I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis, and they have a look-back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the Social Index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Allen. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. LinkedIn presents. For all of us, it's about predicting where the consumer is going and getting half of it right. One of the things we want to do is create ads that don't suck. Embracing change creates great possibility. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. On the show today, I've got Zach Kitchke. He's the CMO of Canva, the online visual communication collaboration platform with a mission to empower the whole world to design. Since launching in 2013, Canva has grown to over 130 million users each month in over 190 countries around the world with more than 13 billion designs created. On the show today, we talk about the new report they've released, The Visual Economy. It was an insights report from 1,600 global business leaders on how they're using visual content to build stronger audience engagement. And we talk about what stood out from that report. We also talk about how visual content fits into our world today. It seems to be everywhere, omnipresent, and how to stand out in that mix of what's going on in the world, as well as Canva, their approach to go to market in terms of who they sell to, the complexity as it relates to the various types of users that they have, how they approach their own marketing, and a recent campaign entitled, What Will You Design Today? So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Zach Kitschke. Zach, welcome to the show. Great to be here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. It's not every day you get to uh, interview something as 
in my world, as widely known as your product. <laughs> so so uh, well, I'm looking forward to talking about the company and the product itself and, and what you guys are doing. But um, before we get into all that, like I hear you are expecting a new addition to the family soon. We are. have a, uh, a baby girl on the way, uh, not, not too far from now. Is it your first? Uh, it'll be my first, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I am a girl dad myself. So oh, um, yeah. yeah, prepare for your heart to be melted. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's a it's an amazing experience in general, but I think girls and dads, there's something kind of magical there. That's what I yeah. <laughs> so you're you're in for a special treat. Well, awesome. Congrats and uh I hope I hope all the best for you guys as, as that gets closer and closer to rocking your world in the greatest way ever. So, um, Thank you. well, uh, where did you get your start? You're now the chief marketing officer at Canva, but like, where, where'd you get your start? And like, how'd you end up as CMO? It's a, an interesting story. I think and like so many people, you have a, maybe a bit of a plan and life takes you in, in all sorts of unexpected directions. My journey really started when I was growing up. I, I grew up in a small town just outside of, of Sydney, a place called Wollongong. And so I went, went to school down there and I'd long had this dream to be a journalist. So you know, all through high school, I was obsessed with news and politics and did sort of work experience in the local radio station and, and newspapers and, and all sorts of things like that. So that the plan was I'd finish high school and go and study journalism. But unexpectedly, you know, right, right sort of at the end of my exams, my mum my was actually flicking through the local newspaper and there was these, these series of ads from the local council of, of all places. And they were advertising mm-hmm. uh, these cadetships that they're offering. And, and basically the, the deal was you could uh, get a full-time job in sort of business or planning, you know, a whole range of different fields. And they would employ you full-time, but also pay for you to, to go to university or, uh, or school. And so mm-hmm. I ended up um, throwing my hat in the ring thinking, at worst, it's some sort of good interview experience, uh, but then ended up getting offered a cadetship. And, and so sort of went back to the drawing board and, and decided to, to take that as sort of a way to um, you know, get my degree paid for it at that point and get some, um, some experience. So that was sort of the, the start of the journey back then. Yeah. Did you know at that early time anything about marketing <laughs> or, or was it just more like business and, and general general business, if you will. I'd say like the, the, the sort of aspect of, of marketing that drew me was really the communication side. And so it was at council that I, um, I ended up, you know, making the leap into mm. a communications role. And so I think for me at that point, it was, it was a bit of a, a step towards this, this journalism path that I had really wanted. So right. I took the cadetship and a, a little while in, I, uh, was fortunate that they gave me an opportunity to spend some time in the uh, the media and comms team at council. So I, I sort of cut my teeth in a communications uh, role there, which I'd, I'd say was my you know my first introduction to um, the the broad world of of marketing. Love it. And then when did Canva come into to play? Because uh, you've been at the company I think since 2013. Is that right? I have. Yeah. So I. Lasted a couple of years at council and, and that was a great experience, you know, having the, the opportunity to spend time in communications and corporate planning and 
you know, HR and, and things like that. But I'm sure as you can imagine, as a 21-year-old with a, a few years <laughs> in local government, I was looking for, for greener pastures and, and something a bit more fast-moving and, and exciting. And I'd been you know, following along the stories of the startup scene that was emerging at that point in time. So I, mm. uh, I was, was sort of looking for an opportunity and then and found a job um, up in Sydney. So I made the move and, and took a job uh, editing a news website covering this emerging startup uh, ecosystem uh, in Australia. So um, that was really great. I did that for a few months, but that, uh, like many startups, I guess, <laughs> ended up folding. And so I was, um, I was yeah. desperately uh, out of work. And it was at that point that I, I got introduced to, to Mel and Cliff and my sort of Canvas story started. Awesome. And what were you doing in 2013 when you first started? Because uh, it's hard to think back 10 years ago, but frankly. My first, the first thing I did was actually a day's contract work. So Mel and Cliff weren't really hiring at that point in time. But after hearing what they were up to and, and their vision and uh, what they were trying to kind of do with this this platform they were they were hoping would would transform the world of design you know, i was certainly inspired and uh, knew that i wanted to be part of it so i did everything i could to to talk my way in um, and they ended up saying uh, come in for for a day and, and let's see how it goes so the first thing i worked on was actually a media release for our very first funding announcement back in 2013 I love that. Love that. And it's uh, it's not every day that you hear somebody that took a, a day job to then earn their right to come back the next day. So <laughs> I'm guessing the release was pretty good. It, 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 <laughs> it must have been right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. That's funny. Well, awesome. I mean, so now CMO, it looks like you've got pretty much the full marketing stack, so to speak. Like, uh, is that true? Like you've got product marketing... PR, comms, uh, performance marketing, content marketing, and brand as well. I, I'm sure I've missed a number of things, but it, it sounds like <laughs> it's a pretty full comprehensive CMO role. Yeah. Yeah. When I took the role on about three years ago now, the, the Canva was, was obviously growing and uh, we had an amazing product, but I'd say our, our marketing was quite um, nascent. And so the, the challenge was let's stand up a marketing organization and, and really figure out how to grow Canvas brand and awareness. And so at that point in time, we didn't have a creative team. We had no product marketing. We had no brand marketing. Um, <laughs> so it was definitely definitely a build, but we very intentionally you know, built that as, as sort of one marketing organization through to today. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I, I know, let's talk a little bit more about the business. And, and one of the things that caught my eye is you recently released a report called the Visual Economy Report. If I get this right, it was insights from around 1,600 different global business leaders that you guys surveyed around how they're using visual content to build stronger audience engagement. And it looks fantastic, but I'm curious, like just as you think about the report itself and what you've learned, like what stood out to you that people should be thinking about? Well, look, anecdotally, I think we all know that the world has become more visual. I mean, when Canva launched, we launched at a time when Facebook was just starting to prioritize images in the newsfeed. You know, tablets um, had just hit the market. High-speed internet was, was sort of being rolled out you know, for, for more, more parts of the world. And so the growth of those platforms then 
has really accelerated and, and continued today. And, and I think we're now living in a world that is even more visual and more fast moving than, than ever before. You know, the, some of the, the channels that we all consume now, you know, TikTok commands more hours of viewership than, than TV in the US uh, today. There's literally billions of images and, and hundreds of thousands of hours of video uh, being shared each and every uh, day online. And so I think what that, that has, has meant is that for brands and organizations, um, visual communication has become uh, really paramount. So I think we all anecdotally know that, but it was really interesting from the report and the research that we did, seeing some, some validation of that. So you know, over 85% of business leaders agreed that visual communication not only increases efficiency, but it enhances collaboration and it gets more cut through. And I think there's been this real acknowledgement that it's now not just the creative team in an organization, but it's everyone that needs to be able to communicate visually. We're all creators in one way or another uh, these days. And so one thing that really jumped out to me was that you know, design skills are really a non-negotiable. It was over half of business leaders, it's more than 60% said that employees in non-design roles, they now expected them to have extensive design abilities, which, which really you know, just talks to, to that shift that we've seen, I think, in the past decade. Yeah, no, I mean, the, that one stuck out to me as well, like the, the fact that design skills are non-negotiable and the notion that everyone can be a creator and probably yeah. should be in, in some level <laughs> inside of a company. I mean, it definitely changes how marketers or marketing organizations have to think about content. And I'm guessing like how, how do we enable that such that people can find their way there, right? Mm. To doing those types of things. Do you agree with that? Or is it, you look at it differently? No, I agree with that. And I think we've all seen it in our personal lives, right? Like the, mm -hmm. the creator economy right. has absolutely exploded. And, and that's been fueled by the technology. And people are creating content in all sorts of formats in their personal lives. And, and that's really come through into the workplace and, and organizations now as well. I think, you know, one of the interesting things with Canva is we, we launched 10 years ago. We've now got 130 million people using the platform each and every month. Uh, but often what we see is that it's individuals that are creating content or, or using presentations or social graphics or video content in order to do their job and, and do things faster, better, more impactfully internally. And so you sort of see that in terms of this bottoms up adoption in organizations because people are used to used to creating in this way in, in their personal lives. And so it is this this real shift in the way that people are working and, and communicating. Yeah. No, it make it makes sense. I mean, and as I think about it, it's kind of daunting to think about a little bit. Like it's no surprise that we've become more visually dominant, but it also means there's a lot of content being created. I don't know I don't know that this was part of your report, but I'm curious if you've got thoughts on like how how do you stand out in a sea of visual <laughs> visual content? Some good and some really bad, obviously, but like so you can always stand out by making good content, but there's a lot of good content out there too. Look, I think that there are marketing organizations are being pressured to create more content to fuel the the demand. And so we've seen this absolute 
increase in the the volume of content that's required across many, many, many channels. In the past, you'd you'd produce a spot for TV and maybe uh, an out-of-home asset, and that was it. And these days, you're producing, in some cases, like dozens of, of pieces of content a day. And so the volume that's required has completely changed. I think what that has meant is that the way that we think about creation of content and maintaining a brand has shifted as well now. And so what we see, you know, a lot more of is the ability to create being in in more people's hands. But what that actually means for an organization is the need to really provide guardrails and templates and, and sort of guidelines in a way that more people are able to to consume. Mm. You'd be amazed to hear how many organizations still have sort of archaic processes around things like brand guidelines. (laughs) The poor creative team spend all of this time lovingly creating a brand Mm. and then it gets handed over to the organization in a a 200-page PDF brand book that that literally no one (laughs) <laughs> no one can use um, and it sort of atrophies and, and work ends up you know, off brand or sort of the, the guidelines end up being ignored. And so I think that's really what the opportunity today is. If with more people with the skills and the ability to create, how do you actually give them the, the tools and, and empower yeah. them to, um, to be able to create in a way that's on brand? You bring up a really interesting point about the brand, the, the age old brand book. And I never made this connection, but I'm curious if you if you think about Canva in this way, are you guys the living, breathing ecosystem of a brand, or could you be? Does uh, that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's what um we, we recently launched the Canva Brand Hub, mm-hmm. which brings that together. So you know, you've got everyone in an organization that's actually creating content um, there in Canva because they find the tool easy. And they're able to you know, do the job that they're trying to do. But then we're also able to bring the living, breathing guidelines into that same place so that the creative team within an organization can actually maintain those guidelines in a way that uh, everyone can, can consume. Love it. Love it. And I haven't, hadn't thought about that use case before, but that makes perfect sense. Well, you, you mentioned 130 million users. How do you think about? who you serve or who you sell to, because it feels like everyone could be your customer, which is super complex too, if I think about that too hard. <laughs> we have a very clear mission at Canva, which is to empower the world to design. And that's the mission we've been working towards you know, since, since we launched. And when we say the world, we mean the whole world. <laughs> so um, we, we do really think that um, every single person uh, has a need to communicate visually and express themselves. And so it is a very, very wide community of people on the platform. Everyone from uh, small businesses trying to build build their business and, and get themselves off the ground, um, students and teachers in the classroom, the Fortune 500 organizations trying to deploy their brand and uh, unlock creation at, at scale. So it is a very, very broad user base. We're also uh, very global as well. So we've got people using the platform, 130 million people each and every month in over 190 countries. So the, the platform is available in 100 different languages. So it, it's a it's a very broad community for sure. That's 
I mean, those are amazing stats. 190 countries, 100 different languages. That's like complexity on steroids. <laughs> Not to mention just the various types of users. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. What enables you guys to harness that complexity like usually complexity in business is seen as a bad thing right like yeah but like you must hold a secret somewhere in what you guys been been able to build for us everything starts with the products and it always has done so and so you know i think at the time when canva launched oh sorry prior to the prior to us launching you know mel our ceo was actually teaching design software while studying at school. And so it was a part-time job. She'd teach other um, students how to use tools like Photoshop and, and InDesign and, and things like that. And this was around the time that Facebook was taking off and tablets were emerging and this new technology was opening up new possibilities in other domains. And, and so I guess to her, it just seemed crazy that design software still came in a box, literally came in a box and right. would, would cost um, thousands of dollars to purchase and then would take months and months to learn just how to use the functionality of, of the, the tool. And so mm. I guess that was where we identified this huge gap in the market. Um, the vast majority of people that didn't have access to the tools, we had this belief that no matter your income or where you live or your skill level, you too should be able to design. And so mm. really set out to build a product that served for all of uh, those people. And I think that that focus on products has really you know, can, continued to, to this day. And so we have always focused on how do we build the simplest possible experience that empowers you know, anyone, no matter their age, no matter their skill, no matter where they are in the world to actually create. Love it. I love it. So from the product doing a good bit of the heavy lifting in terms of harnessing the complexity, how do you guys, like as the, as the head of product marketing, head of marketing, how do you approach marketing? Like what, what are the elements, if you will, that you focus on the most? So I guess for us, it, it always starts with the product, mm -hmm. as I mentioned, and people come to Canva because they're looking to achieve a particular goal. It's to teach a better class or get their small business off the ground or deliver a creative more effectively. And so everyone 
you know, whether you're an individual or a, a Fortune 500 is coming to Canva with a goal. And so we often start with that in mind with, with our marketing. Um, our, our latest campaign actually just launched recently in the US. And as an example, with that campaign, we've really focused in on the breadth of the product experience. One complexity we have uh, with a product that, that does do so much is people will often have discovered us for a particular use case. So you know, they may love us uh, for presentations or they may you know, have, have used us a lot for video or maybe invitations. But uh, oftentimes, you know, people are a surprise to discover the breadth of, of what the product can do. So with the latest yeah. campaign, we have really showcased our Canva visual suite and you know, all of the spots and the creative centers around those, um, those different offerings uh, that we have. So um, you know, that's, that's one example sort of out in the market there that, that's really about showing people you know, what you can do with Canva in terms of whiteboarding and brainstorming, what you can do with Canva in terms of building a website, what you can do in terms of uh, creating video content um, and, and, and so on. Gotcha. And I mean, it, it sounds like, I don't, I don't know how much you ascribe to a marketing philosophy <laughs> or you're just, you have your own way of doing things, but it sounds a lot like trying to find entry points for consumers to have an on-ramp to your product and maybe, or maybe think about you in a new a new way or a new need that they're trying to solve for. Is that the easiest way to think about it? I don't know if that, how you're thinking about it other, or maybe it's just coming from the pure education standpoint. Oh, look, I'd say, I'd say it is definitely about finding that entry point. One unique thing about Canva is because we focus so heavily on the product experience, word of mouth mm -hmm. is our, our largest driver of growth. So most of our traffic comes from people literally telling others about the platform. And that's been something that's been really important, you know, for us to maintain and, and make sure that our, our product continues to meet, meet that bar. And so we know once people discover and use one of our products that they will tell other people about it. Mm. And so I think for, for us, when we think about marketing, it's really about how do we introduce Canva to more people? You know, I said earlier, our mission is to empower the whole world to design. <laughs> um, that means, you know, we've got a few billion <laughs> people to, to go yet. So uh, you know, the, the, the challenge for us is really how do we get Canva into as many people's uh, hands and, and I guess mm. hearts and minds uh, as possible and, and really you know, show how, how the product can help with their needs. No, I, I think by my count, it would be something like 6.8 billion people to go. <laughs> something, <laughs> some, something like that. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. a moving target, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. It is. It probably just changed as I said that. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's that's awesome. Well, I know, I mean, you, you mentioned like the user base and a community seems to be a big piece of your marketing mix too. Like just the, you've got a pretty active user base in general. Yeah. And that must contribute to the word of mouth you just mentioned as well. Uh, do you foster anything related to the community? Like, or is it just natural and organic in that respect? I'm just curious if you amplify it anyway. We think about community in a, in a few ways. Uh, I'd say what it really comes back to for us is, is Canva in people's conversations. We're incredibly fortunate today that there are literally thousands of 
small business owners sharing tips and tricks. There are social media marketers producing tutorial content on TikTok and YouTube. There are teachers swapping Canva lesson plans. We have this incredible community that's really growing around the world. But as I said, you know, community for us really comes back to this, this question, are we in people's conversations? And I guess over the years, we've figured out this litmus test um, to help us answer that question. And it's simple. It's basically how likely are you to recommend Canva to a, a friend or, or coworker? And we really started to use that question actually before we launched back in, in 2013 um, with a product called um, usertesting.com. Sure, if you've, mm-hmm. you've heard of it, but it's a yeah. fantastic product. And basically, what you can do is get real people to engage with your product. You know, so if you're an e commerce platform, as an example, you can get someone to go through the checkout experience and, and, and see how they find it. If you're a travel website, you know, go through and, and book a trip, or in, in our case, um, go and, and create a design. And so prior to launch, we actually put our very first iteration of Canva on usertesting.com. And let me tell you, if you want, want to feel good about yourself, <laughs> don't ask people what they think. Um, but the, the, um, the insights that came back were so invaluable. And actually that led us to delay our launch um, in, the, in those early days to refine some aspects of our user interface, simple things like UI or our onboarding mm-hmm. experience and things like that. But what it meant was uh, by the time we launched, we knew that we would be getting consistent nines or tens to that question about recommending Canva to a friend or coworker. And so even today, we still put, um, still put our product, anything new that we're, we're building or um, even our, our marketing creative and, and campaigns through that same process. And, and what it means is that we know we've met a bar where whatever we're putting out there is simple enough to understand. Uh, it's easy enough that people are, are not just going to um, enjoy using the product, but enjoy it enough that they'll be inspired to um, to share with others, and 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 ultimately, um, I think that is what has has fueled community. Awesome, awesome. I love that. I love that. And you mentioned the campaign that launched. I'm assuming that's the one entitled uh, "What Will You Design Today?" Um, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Okay. And how it sounds very educational, very you know, like we talked about providing those on ramps for use cases that you might not have been thinking about as it relates to Canva. How's it going so far? I, I think you launched mid last year or something like that. Uh, really, really well. Yeah, yeah we are. Uh, it's sort of the I think it's the third kind of iteration of of what were you designed today. So mm-hmm. you know that the, the sort of stories obviously uh, evolved um, as we've grown, but we've seen some really incredible uptake of. The, the new products that we we launched in September last year that, that we hero to things like websites and, and whiteboards. We also you know, recently rolled out a suite of AI tools across our work suite that we're calling uh, calling magic features. And so um, they've been incredibly uh, popular as well. Things like being able to describe the design that you'd like generated um, and, and will automatically create design options for you, generate the perfect image from, from a text prompt, um, automatically edit your video to an audio track and, and things like that. So mm. our community, were, uh, we're incredibly excited to get their hands on all of those new features. So you know, it's been, been great to be able to share them uh, with the world through, through the campaign too. Awesome. 
Well, well, congrats on what you guys are doing at the business. I mean, it's working. <laughs> it's working. And only 6.8 billion more people to go. <laughs> so a lot of upside, a lot of upside. Um, <laughs> we're, we're not going to run out of things to do anytime soon. <laughs> no, no, exactly, exactly. So um, one of the things we love to do on this show is get to know you a little bit better. Um, we know you got a new addition that's coming to the family. But my favorite question to ask everyone that comes on the show is what experience of your past defines or makes up who you are today? Say the one of the things that shaped me was my, I'd say my, my grandparents. They mm-hmm. were immigrants to Australia from, from the US. So moved over here with their family. My mum would have been maybe 10 or 11 uh, at that point in time. So, you know, a huge move for a young family uh, at that point. And growing up, they just had this tremendous focus on the importance of, of education. And I think that really extended to me. And they would always send us books every Christmas, would in kind of like indulge the things that I was interested in. You know, there was a phase where I was really into photography and, you know, taking me to buy books or, um, you know, play around with cameras and, and things like that um, back then. But it extended through school as well. So, you know, my, my parents didn't have a lot growing up. And so my, my grandparents offered, uh, I remember, to put me through music. And so they said, you can choose to learn any instrument that you want and we'll, um, we'll cover the cost of, of lessons. So I chose to play the saxophone growing up and you know, they, they supported me through school uh, as well. And I think what it definitely taught me was the importance of your own motivation to, to drive. I never had any pressure from my parents, my grandparents to get a certain grade or to study at a certain time every day or anything like that. And so I think by focusing on the things that I was interested in and wanted to explore and being incredibly generous with their support, it really gave me an appreciation for the value of of some of those things, but Mm -hmm. also I think really kickstarted a curiosity and a real love of of learning, which I think continues um, today and is one of the things I love most about Canva and the role I'm in, it's a constant learning experience. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. And what a great gift <laughs> to uh, to somehow inspire a lifelong love or, or curiosity of and learning. That's amazing. Great people. What advice would you give your younger self if we were starting this journey all over again? Probably the one thing I would share is. Something I think maybe a lot of young people experience, which is this this desire for things to move more quickly. I think there's always an urgency. You want to be doing the the next thing, or you know, in my case, like there was a, a great example at, at at the council of at that point in time. As I said, it was like the time when Facebook and social platforms were taking off, and I remember just pitching that we should have a Facebook page and and should be on, on social media because that's where our community was. And I remember being put through you know, committee after committee and having to write all these long reports on why it was a good idea and how we'd manage all the risks and, and all this sort of stuff. And, and of course, it, it went 
it went nowhere. And being you know, kind of 18, 19 at that point, I just couldn't understand why something that seemed so obvious just wouldn't happen in, in sort of a bureaucracy. And so I think then wanted to, to sort of move to the startup world and, and sort of move to Sydney and things like that. But I'd say, you know, sometimes things move in, in sort of uh, mysterious ways and what feels like it's taking a long time at the time in hindsight. The path, the path sort of takes you in, in the direction that, that you need to go. And it's sort of those experiences, I think, being frustrated in, in council that led me to, to make the move to um, the, the startup role and, and find my way into that world. And, mm-hmm. and so it's sort of, I think there's these kind of signposts that just sort of going along with the, um, the ride a bit more and, and sort of you know, being, being open to, to where that takes you would probably be the big thing. I love that. I love it. And, uh, you know, just it takes as long as it takes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Essentially. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, is there a topic that you, either you're trying to learn more about right now or you think other marketers need to be learning more about? Probably the same thing on everyone's lips uh, at the moment. Mm. Yeah, this, this world of, of AI and the new technology that's emerging there um, has been a, a big focus for, for us at Canva. We've really prioritized you know, exploring how that can help people in the design process and have you know, been launching a, a whole host of features uh, to bring some of the new technology into the platform. Uh, but equally so, you know, we're having some, some really interesting conversations around what does it open up in, in terms of possibilities for, for our marketing approach at, at scale and, you know, really doing a, a lot of learning in that space. So that would be, that would be one big thing at the moment. Awesome. And are there brands or companies or causes that you follow or you think other people should take notice of? Definitely. I, um, you know, I think we follow a range of, of different brands and organizations for, uh, for different, different reasons. And I think there's things that you can, you can draw from and sort of learn from everywhere. You know, I'd say in, in terms of community building, Airbnb has long been a brand that we've admired in terms of uh, that incredible global community, you know, really unified around one shared mission. I think more recently, uh, I actually think it's been amazing watching the growth of, of open AI and how that's sort of taken place. Incredible in terms of, you know, largely kind of PR, word of mouth driven right. effort, right. Um, you know, and, and everything that, that's come with that. I think it's like the, the fastest growing platform I think ever so um you know i think that, and that that's largely been driven through communications and, and word of mouth so mm. i definitely think that's a, a fascinating one to, to be watching right now too yeah no i agree i agree it's, it's amazing i mean it's you literally cannot get through a news show without hearing something about it yeah <laughs> and specifically about them most usually most of the time so it's pretty amazing well, last question for you. What do you feel is either the largest opportunity or threat facing marketers today? There was actually some really interesting research that was shared at uh, the Possible event in Miami the other week. And it was some work around the net promoter score for marketing organizations. And so mm. the MMA did this piece of research, which they announced, and the net promoter score for, for people working in marketing. So basically, the question, Know, how likely would you be to recommend um, a career in marketing? And the NPS was like negative two 
<laughs> or something terrible. So I think that's probably the, the greatest um, existential threat for marketers, um, really, and, and you know, definitely something interesting for the broader industry to, to be asking you know, around bringing more talent into this field in, in particular and you know, solving for, for some of those issues that marketing organizations are facing, I guess. Yeah. Well, you've got 6.8 billion people to go create <laughs> design with. And I apparently have all the marketers in the world to help convince that marketing is a great place to be. So yeah, both got we had our, our work cut out for us. Yeah. Yeah. Holy cow. I did not hear that research. That's so depressing in some in some respects as a, a marketer through and through um, and a, who hosts a podcast about marketing. <laughs> so uh, I, I've definitely got to do some work. What um, I'm just curious if you remember it, like, did they have any like causes for it? I mean, obviously like bringing more talent into the field, but just curious if there were any headlines I should know about as I try to work on that. It's no, amazing. I need to, I need to dig into it. It was a, um, okay. it was just the, the top line. Okay. I will, but uh, I will yeah, looking forward to sinking, sinking my teeth into into the research uh, as well. Well, thank you for bringing that to my attention. I had <laughs> not seen that yet. Wow. Yes, that is that's something we got to work on, people. Everyone that's listening to this, work on that, please. <laughs> we need marketing to survive. At least I would like for it to. Um, well, Zach, thank you so much for coming on the show and, and sharing your story and, and sharing what it's like to do marketing at Canva. Good to be with you. Thanks for, for having me. Hi, it's Alan again. Marketing Today was created and produced by me with post-production support from Sam Robertson. If you're new to Marketing Today, please feel free to write us a review on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe on marketingtodaypodcast.com. Tell your friends and colleagues about the show. I love hearing from listeners. You can contact me at marketingtodaypodcast.com. There you'll also find complete show notes and links to what was discussed in the episode today, and you can search our archives. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.